Our reading for today comes from the book of James. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes and the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. That is our reading this morning. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Happy Sunday, everybody. The American Sign Language sign for please is by placing your right hand over the center of your chest and moving it in a clockwise motion. That means please. Maybe it's a way of thinking please to God because we're doing it over our heart. Please God, come to me. Please God. I need your help. Please, God, whatever it is, you can do it for me. James today talks about doubting and the fact that we should not doubt. The fifth verse of James chapter 1 ends with the phrase, Let him ask, and it shall be given him. Ask. It will be given to us. In verse 6, James adds a caveat, though, to that invitation. He says, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. The word wavering speaks of doubting. That is how most newer translations read it now, about doubting. Let him ask in faith without doubting. In this passage, James teaches us that we are to have an open invitation to ask God for the things that we need. If our request is sent in an envelope of doubt, it will not be answered. When we ask God, when we talk to God, when we pray to God, it has to be unconditionally, 100% asking Him without doubt. I remember some years ago when I was still living out at Leed and I wanted to buy a newspaper. I had been out there for about nine months as a sports editor and it's just like, I want to own my own newspaper. And two opportunities came up. And the one in Groton looked promising. But you know how much money I had at the time? <laughs> about zero. 
How was this going to happen? But I had it in my mind, and I was talking to God that I am going to own that newspaper. And believe me, it was a roller coaster emotional ride. But I never doubted that I wasn't going to come to grow. Much like our building fund here, our building addition. Once we set our mind to it, it was going to happen. No matter what the devil was going to throw at us. We learned some things, found out that we had a road going right through our property up here we had to take care of. But again, when something pops up, it was not doubting, but rather taking care of it and asking God for guidance of what we need to do. Unconditional prayer request to God. That's what we need in our life. We need unconditional prayer. No doubt. James talks about that. Don't allow doubt to cripple our prayer. It's not like give me the benefit of the doubt. No. Give me your praise. Give me your honor, Lord. That's what we want. Looking at verses 6 through 8, I want you to notice with me some things that James teaches us about doubt. And the danger they pose in our relationship with Christ. First of all, James teaches us here that doubts arise from our indecision. James says, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed about. That word that is translated wavering and wavereth is a verse that's an interesting word because it's, it's other places of the scripture as well. It talks about judgment. In Matthew 16, 3, where Jesus told the Pharisees that they could not discern the signs of the times. In James 1, 6, the idea of someone coming to God without the ability to discern or to decide talks about indecision. When we talk about God, when we're walking with God, we need to have a relationship totally with God, without indecision, without doubt, without allowing the seas to cloud our vision. The spiritual problem of a doubter is the fact that they allow these waves to take root. Hesitation. We are not to hesitate, but rather go forward. Like in my quest in attempting to buy the paper, everything was against me. You're too young. You don't have any money. All these doubts were coming up. But I did not allow those doubts to take root. It's like, no, I will overcome with the help of God. That's what we need in our lives. Not just for one situation, but for every situation in our life. The person who is wavering is having a battle in the mind. 
He is struggling within himself about what they truly believe. The spiritual problem of a doubter is that they cannot make the decision to fully believe that God said his word is true. When we were in elementary school, we were told of a story of how a boy, the father of our country, George Washington, chopped down his father's cherry tree. When confronted, young Washington supposedly said, Father, I cannot tell a lie. I did it with my little hatchet. Washington became known as the man who could not tell a lie. Honestly, I believe all men, including our beloved Washington, have little trouble telling lies. However, there's one person that does not. It says in Titus 1, 2, that Paul states clearly that our God cannot lie. And when he promises something, he comes through with it. The spiritual problem of a doubter is that we are not completely sure that God's going to come through. In our minds, we're thinking, I think God can do this for me. There's a little bit of doubt going on in that circle then. When we start using that word, I think he can do it. Have you ever read any of these stories, these books? One of them that comes to my mind is Think and Grow Rich. And when I read the book, I'm not rich, obviously, because I didn't follow through with what it says in there. If you're going to do something, you need to do something without doubting. And of course, as I'm reading that, I'm doubting all that stuff that's going on that I can do that possibly. It's the same thing with God. We can't allow those doubts to come into our lives. We need to totally believe in Him. In verse 6, James says, For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Now, of course, James, he's seen his share of the storms in the Sea of Galilee. He knew the waters were whipped around and the waves were tossed in every direction when the wind of a storm would come up. In that picture, James uses it to describe the life of a person who wavers in their trust of God. They are as shifty as the sea blown about in the storm. The person who doubts God is one who is indecisive about trusting in him totally. We talk about trust. We talk about understanding. We talk about faith. You must believe. During the 2000 Masters Tournament, several people noticed a small piece of paper pinned to the bag of golfer Vijay Singh. It turned out to be a note that helped Singh go on to win that tournament. The note was written by his 10-year-old son. It simply said, Papa, trust your swing. The Bible is a note to us that says, Child, trust your God. Those who waver and doubt have not yet totally decided to pin that note on their hearts. God promises us 
that He will come through for us. And we have to believe it totally. But yet, there are these doubts that are just out there. Doubts account for our ineffectiveness. And James will never be accused of soft-peddling the truth. He says, For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. If you don't truly, totally believe, you're going to have troubles. God wants our total confidence in Him. Because that's what God is. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. And we must not be careful in thinking about, oh, I think He can, or, or you know. No. God will come through for us. Sometimes uh, somebody will send me a text and they will accuse me of not responding to their text messages. I said, well, did you send it to the right number? They said, yeah, 397-7460. I says, did you put the 605 in front of it? Oh, I forgot that. Forgot to complete the total number. When we come to God, we need the total faith in Him. That number of God begins with faith. Don't forget that part of, a, of our equation. It's not doubt. It is about faith. When we go to God, faith is there. We believe totally. We need the whole picture and not just part of it. Look again what James says. He says, For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Is our hearts wavering? Is our mind wavering? Are, are the waves coming into our lives? If we trust God today, we must trust Him tomorrow. James says that is the reason maybe we're not seeing our prayers answered because we trust today, then we start doubting tomorrow. Doubt attests to our instability. If we doubt, we're challenged. We struggle. A, he says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Not just in prayer, but in everything we do. A double-minded man is unstable in his ways. Now, an interesting note about that, when James originally wrote this verse, he chose a word here that seems that he, I think he coined it himself. It's a compound of two Greek words, and it literally means two-souled. S-O-U-L-E-D, two-souled. The idea is of someone who thinks or believes in two different ways. It reminds us of the character that Pilgrim's Progress, Mr. Facing, both ways. Can't have it both ways. You must face towards God. We have the ability to praise God and give Him all the glory. And don't doubt 
Some of us may, I kind of use this here, you know, maybe today we might sing like Juliana, and tomorrow we might sing like me. Oh boy, that'd be bad, wouldn't it? Every day we have to be at our best. We have to reach out to God. We don't want to be a double-minded person. We don't want to be like the waves. We have to look back at what's causing some of the problems in our lives. Just like in 2004, a tsunami struck the coast of Thailand. The source of that was traced back to an earthquake in the middle of the Indian Ocean. And according to calculations, the tsunami struck very quickly after the earthquake, traveling some 2,800 miles. Very often, people don't trace their upheaval, unrest in their lives to the proper source. The waves of instability are there. James says that when we ask God for things, our indecisive doubts in our hearts must go away. With faith, all things are possible with God, but we must truly believe. James says that we must believe. Put away the doubt. Get rid of it. Believe totally, unconditionally. If we would have had doubts, we would not have the addition onto this building. If I would have had doubt, I would not be here actually today because I would not have bought the paper. Whatever it is that's in our lives, get rid of the doubt and totally believe. There's this cute little story about this little boy who went to a prayer meeting at church. He asked the preacher to get the people to pray for his sister. His request was that God would make his sister start reading the Bible. The preacher shared the request with the church. And as soon as they began to pray for the boy's sister, he promptly got up and left the church. Well, this kind of bothered the preacher and so the next day he called the boy and asked him why he left in the middle of the prayer. The little boy explained that he wasn't being rude. He said, sir, I wanted to go and see my sister read the Bible for the first time. Unconditionable faith that boy had. He knew that the prayer would be answered. It is God will provide, not God might provide. There's a big difference in our words, in our verbiage, and how we do things in life. How do we respond to things in life? Do we think we can or will we do it? We need to get rid, rid of doubt. On this Trinity Sunday... We have the power of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the triune God that is in work in each one of us here today. Whatever the case might be in our life that is troubling us, make sure you take your problems to God and say, God, get rid of this in my life. God, I need your help and you will provide for me. Will. God loves it when we go to him for wisdom. Solomon asked God for wisdom in his life. And God was just so excited that he gave Solomon his wisdom. 
Do we doubt? Do we have the waves in our lives? Sometimes I know what we're thinking. Oh, I don't know about this. Yes, you do know about this. God will provide. Do not doubt. I'm going to read that once again here from James 1.8. It says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you might be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to you. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Well, we don't want to be unstable in our lives, do we? We want to be stable in everything that we do, in everything that we say. And with that stability, we, God is the most thing in our, best thing in our life that will keep us stable. People around us will sometimes draw us off the course. People will do anything sometimes to make you doubt yourself, even doubt your own faith. Come back to this James and says, ask with no doubting. Ask in faith. In a little bit, we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper. We've all sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. We need God in our lives each and every day. And so when we come to the table, we partake of his body and blood, that which Jesus Christ gave for us so we can have the forgiveness of our sins. And God provided us with the Spirit, the Advocate, who is there within each one of us here today. The Spirit of God is at work. And the Father up in heaven, smiling down at his children, saying, these are my children whom I am well pleased with. I created, God created every one of us here today. Life is great. Life is wonderful. I know sometimes people think, why are you always so cheerful? Is there any other way? Really? Is there any other way? And my answer is no. There is no other way. Why? Because God is on my side. And that's all that needs to be said. Amen. May the grace of God which surpasses all of our understanding keep our hearts and minds in the true Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.